Hi! Welcome back to Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to with your wonderful hosts Ashton and Alex. And we're so excited to have you back for another episode. Alex, what are we going to be discussing today? Owned by Fate from Tessa Bailey. It's book one of the Serve series, which is a series done by four different authors, two of our faves, Tessa Bailey and Katie Robert. Yep. And then two others we haven't read anything from. (laughs) Sweet. I'm just ready to dive into this episode. We've kind of been sitting on this book for a little bit now, and I'm ready to discuss it with you. Same. So I think we should just jump right into our content and trigger warnings for Owned by Fate. All right. So trigger and content warnings, we have loss of a parent, surprise child, and custody battle, and then some tropes. We have BDSM, secret relationship, dom-sub dynamic, public sex, spanking, dirty talk, and possessive alpha male. So kind of just the normal things you see in romance novels. (laughs) At least the dirty ones. Nothing too, too crazy. A notch above tame? Yes. But not crazy. Not like Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. No, we're, we're dialing it back from Lady. (laughs) But still bringing you some smut. Awesome. So are you ready for this synopsis? Yeah, hit me with that synopsis. So we can know what this book is about. This is the first time that I will be reading it myself. So I'm I'm interested. All right. (laughs) Her mind rejects his world, but her body knows its master. Journalist Caroline Preston arrives at Serve, New York City's hottest BDSM club, with one goal, to hate it. If her brother wasn't trying to turn the family's respectable financial magazine into a publication that features lifestyle pieces for the wealthy and adventurous, she wouldn't even be there, trying to write an article about a world she doesn't understand. But then she sees him. Jonah Briggs doesn't leave his post just for anyone. As the owner of the club, his sole purpose is to ensure that his clientele gets everything they need. But when he sees Caroline, his only thought is what he wants to dominate the sexy little reporter and give the most exquisite pleasure she's ever experienced. Caroline has no intention of entering that particular lion's den, not with her family's reputation at stake, no matter how dark, sexy, and complex the lion in question may be. But with every encounter, she craves more, and with every slide of his lips, she realizes Jonah might just be the man to break down all her defenses, if she'll let him. So I thought that was pretty spot on. Oh, yeah, definitely. For the plot, like, yeah, that's pretty much the book. (laughs) I guess we don't have to do anything. (laughs) Episode over. Episode over. You guys understand what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but for a synopsis, straight to the point, and that's exactly like the first. It made me want to read it. Half of the book. Right. Exactly. And I did. And then I read three more. All right, Alex. What kind of potion have you come up with this week for Owned by Fate? So for this book, I give you the satin martini. Ooh, sounds sensual. It's red and sensual. Delicious. (laughs) Just like that red satin ribbon on the cover of this book. Oh, so that's where you got the inspiration? For the name. For the name. And then the actual cocktail inspiration comes from the red martini with the lollipop that Caroline drank at Serve. Okay. Okay. So let's let's try this real quick. Yeah, so this has loopy vodka, 
some razzmatazz, some cranberry juice, and sour mix. And then, you know, top it off with a red lollipop, just like Miss Caroline. Ooh, yummy. I can't wait to try this. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. That literally tastes like a spoonful of Fruit Fruit Loops. Loops. (laughs) Wow. That's so good. I'm here for this. And this is a one this is a drink that you did not try before? I never do. Wow. Well, you are the master. You are the potion master. <laughs> for reals though. Oh my gosh. Delicious. And then there was no direction with the book on like how to make the red martini. I just knew it was red and had a lollipop. And then you ad libbed. Yeah. Everything else. But I think it's fantastic. I would order this at a bar. I also really eat vodka again. Yeah, you have been talking about the fruit loop vodka. <laughs> And you've never had it, so now... Now I have, and it's fantastic. Definitely So thank you. (laughs) Yum. Make sure, if you want the recipe, to either go to our TikTok, Emotions and Potions Pod, or our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod. And it's also in the episode description. If you want to try this martini, this satin martini, for yourself. All right, Ashton. Kick us off with the plot of this book. All right. So we start off the book with Caroline and her friend Eliza about to enter a premier BDSM club called Serve. Serve is basically three levels, the top being where the BDSM takes place. And then level one is just your standard bar with like a dance floor. Caroline is a financial journalist for her family's magazine, which is currently failing. Her brother Oliver found a potential investor to help save the magazine They just need to add in more erotic features, including BDSM. So here she is. Eliza gets swooped up by a British guy pretty quickly. And she's definitely more into this scene, uh, while Caroline, not so much. Not at all. (laughs) She is strictly there for her job when she then gets approached by a very handsome man at the bar who makes the comment, are you going to suck on it or just play with it all night? In regards to a sucker that is part of her like fancy cocktail drink. Jonah Briggs is that very handsome man at the bar making moves on Caroline. He just happens to be the owner of Serve and saw her on the security screen as soon as she walked in and was instantly captivated by her lips. Loki has a lip fetish. No, not (laughs) Loki. He brings it up quite a bit. As he makes his moves, he can tell Caroline is uncomfortable and pegs her as a woman who is forced to be there with a friend. Jonah is very attracted to Caroline and ends up trying to proposition her to come up to level three with him. He promises he won't do anything she doesn't want. He just wants to show her that her understanding of the BDS community is very different than the reality. Caroline is having a hard time reading Jonah, but knows he is going to turn into the typical guy slash jerk at some point. So she is intrigued, but also thinking about he, the owner, could be her focal point for her article. Jonah has some very very good dirty talk and is getting Caroline really worked up. Caroline agrees to go with Jonah because she wants to know what goes on upstairs and mainly for her feature, maybe. Feature of her wet dreams to come. (laughs) But she is confident and convinced nothing will happen with Jonah, who has already told her if she gives him any signs that she is interested, he will capitalize on it. They make their way into the elevator, and before Caroline knows it, Jonah is all up in her personal space, telling her she intrigues him. Caroline is slowly getting on board with this, like, BDSM stuff when Jonah tells her he'd like for her to call him master. They exit the elevator to a scene of a girl being flogged by a man. Caroline is now having really conflicting feelings when she turns to leave and runs right into Jonah. 
So she's kind of like going back and forth. She's kind of leaning into it a little bit, thinking that it's okay to kind of see what's to come and then is actually seeing it and is kind of like retreating. Overwhelmed. Yes. So Jonah has broken rules for Caroline, mainly by bringing her up to the third floor and not getting her to sign forms and go through the interview process, but he just wants her too much to care. He sways Caroline to follow him deeper into the club by promising it will not involve pain, just him. Caroline informs Jonah this thing between them is just for the night. Jonah agrees and leads her to the back. Jonah tells Caroline she is to call him master while they are together like this, kind of really reaffirming that nickname. Nope. <laughs> he also tells her it means more than just words and to really think about it before answering. Yes, master, essentially. I still make a face when you say it. I know. So she agrees. Jonah tells Caroline to pick a safe word, and she picks dumpling. It's kind of just like a cute little thing because that's what she wanted to do with Eliza. I mean, it's pretty good as far as safe words go because you definitely can't construe dumpling with like anything else. Right. Yeah. But it is kind of funny. Like, that's the first thing that pops in her head because. Her and Eliza have a conversation where she's like, we could be getting dumplings right now. Like, but yeah, we're here. <laughs> it's just like, it's kind of cute quirky for Caroline. So Caroline tries to take control of the speed and Jonah shuts that down real quick. She's into his dom side and he can tell. Jonah and Caroline start partaking in floor play using feathers and fingers. Lots of dirty talk from Jonah throughout. Caroline calls Jonah master so he will kiss her, which he does. Caroline makes Jonah come in his pants, and before they move any further, the moment is ruined by a scream and flogging sounds coming from the next room, jolting Caroline out of her sex haze. Jonah promises Caroline this wasn't the only time she will call him master, and he tells her he will enjoy proving her wrong over and over. Caroline then storms out of the room. So it's been three days since Caroline fled serve and Jonah has figured out exactly who she is and why she was in his club. He's currently meeting with his friend Asher, who is actually the person in charge of the potential merger of his magazines and Caroline's family's magazine. So small world. We also learn that Jonah has a daughter he hasn't met but doesn't want an article to ruin his chances of having visitation rights. Caroline is also the deciding factor in the merger. So Jonah has convinced Asher to bring him to the meeting as his BDSM consultant. Very smooth, I feel like, on Jonah. Yeah. Like, that was quick thinking. Like, oh, you want to sell this BDSM thing? Why bring not take, along. like, the person who knows the most about it? And also, I want to see that girl again. Right. So Oliver, Caroline's brother, meets them and warns them that Caroline is not in a good mood and they need to bring their A-game in this meeting. Oliver is also a recent active member at SURF. Caroline enters the meeting and is thrown off by seeing Jonah, but pulls herself together. Caroline is starting to piece together that Jonah knows about the article and figures that is why he's there. She tries to pay attention to Asher, but is too consumed with Jonah in the way that he has been watching. Oliver, Asher, and Jonah are all trying to pitch the merger, but Caroline is holding her ground and making them work for it. Caroline has been secretly working on her own story that could potentially save the magazine without the merger while taking down a man named Joseph Kimball, a man who has been working the ultimate Ponzi scheme that only her and one other person know about, but she doesn't have enough to publish the story at this current moment. She tells the men she isn't ready to commit and attempts to leave the room when Jonah asks where the restroom is 
and Oliver volunteers Caroline to show him. Of course he does. <laughs> and of course, Jonah follows Caroline right into her office and she locks the door. So obviously they both knew. Caroline asks Jonah if he is planning on blackmailing her and he confesses that, that that's not the case. He just really wanted to see her again. He has slowly gotten in her space and lifts her up on her desk and asks her if she missed him. She says no. He calls her bluff. Very like hot bands all the way through this book. It's lovely. Caroline still thinks Jonah is going to hold what happened at serve over her head for a good article. Jonah tells her he is starving for her and he wants her to come back to the club so he can so she can really experience the club for the her article. And he gets her beneath him. So win-win. By that point, Jonah has wrapped Caroline's legs around his waist. Jonah successfully talks Caroline into one more night at his flat above serve where he is in control but will not do anything Caroline doesn't want. Jonah requests one thing before he leaves. He takes out a garter, puts it on her leg, and tells her that he wants her to finish what he started with. He pushes a finger inside of her and tells her when she's on the verge of coming to think of her on her knees with her mouth wrapped around his cock and that she will say master as she comes. So Caroline begs Jonah not to stop but he says he will see her tomorrow night and to do what she is told before leaving her office. So talk about like a total tease. Gets her right on the verge, tells her exactly what he wants her to do after he leaves. She's literally begging and he has the restraint to be like, nah, I'll see you tomorrow, girl. Do is what I say. Is it here for that? I mean, no, but like. Because that sounds so hot. Right? I mean, like, I think I would be annoyed. Oh, in yeah. the moment. I'd be annoyed, but, like, that, like, frustration and annoyance would just, like, drive my desire. Right, and that's probably exactly what he's doing. Like, he knows. He knows how to play. He'd be a good brat tamer. He would. And that's probably why, like, he's not afraid of, like, Caroline and taking on someone who doesn't really know the community of yeah. BDSM because he's like, whatever. I like a good challenge. <laughs> So Caroline and Eliza are at the New York Stock Exchange, and Caroline is starting to feel the pressure of being the deciding vote on the merger, and ultimately, she doesn't want to let her dad down, but she also doesn't want to, like, hurt Oliver's feelings either. So it's like, she's in a hard position at this point. So she can tell something is off with Eliza, and she tells her, and Eliza tells her about her night with the British man from Serve. So apparently, Eliza made the stranger believe she had been to serve many times and was experienced, which did not work, and she ended up fleeing the scene. And she is not experienced. No. This was the first time that she had ever been there. She's intrigued by the... And in book two, you find out how inexperienced. Oh, gosh. Poor Eliza, though. So Eliza wants Caroline's story, but is saved by Oliver. Caroline can see the tension and heat between her bestie and her playboy brother, and just doesn't want Eliza to get hurt. So Oliver also calls Eliza Bunny. And that's kind of how he like says hi to her in the first meeting that we see these two characters interact. So maybe something there about two. Eliza is still anxious about her meeting with Jonah that night and wants to cancel. But also wants to experience a night with him. So very torn. They are then called back when the opening bell is about to open. So Jonah's in Brooklyn at his new townhouse painting trying to get the place ready for his daughter, Gabby, if he ever receives visitation rights. We learn that Jonah knocked up Renee during a one-night stand the day before he was shipped out with the Navy and only learned recently that he had an eight-year-old daughter by accidentally running into Renee on the streets of New York. 
Okay, surprise child. Jeez, that's a way to find that news out. So he's been paying child support um, since he's learned about Gabby and hired a lawyer recently to help with visitation. Jonah was raised by an indifferent uncle after his parents bailed, so having his daughter in his life is a really big deal. Caroline happens to come on TV from the stock exchange, and Jonah notices how beautiful she is and that she's wearing the garter that he gave her under her clothes. This makes Jonah more excited for their night to come and knows it's more about pleasure. It's about getting Caroline to accept and enjoy this lifestyle. His main goal is to get Caroline addicted after one night because he knows he wants more. So Caroline has entered serve for her meeting with Jonah. She sees him at the bar and notices that he looks a little sad until he sees her and his face lights up. Caroline approaches him and they have some steamy bants. They start talking about limits, but Caroline has no foundation. Foundation, So she asks what he plans to do with her. He tells her he plans on getting her wet and fucking her good with some ass banking using his palms or maybe a paddle. So Jonah asks how Caroline feels about all that, and she tells him she wants it. So with- do I. Thank you. <laughs> with confirmation that Jonah needed, he then tells Caroline they are going to head upstairs, and the next time she's back down here, she will be thoroughly fucked. Again. Yes, please. And Where do we you. sign? Where do we sign up? <laughs> <laughs> As they are riding the elevator up, Jonah knows Caroline's plan, which is making this a one-night thing. He calls her out on it and asks if she is hoping to hate the experience so she can write a non-biased article and vote no to the merger without being a hit. So, like, Jonah really calls her out kind of on all of her insecurities. And, like, I love that he just hits the nail on the head. Yep. Like, instantly. And this becomes such a frustrating part of the book. So she agrees that she only wants this to be a one-night thing, even though she's already getting emotionally attached and is trying to avoid it. As they get to Jonah's door, there is a strange man waiting who tells him he is a messenger with the deed and visitation. Caroline then asks what the items are for, and Jonah confides in her, not expecting the empathy she shows towards him and his situation with his daughter. He leaves her to place the docs in his office and tells her to make herself a so caroline is feeling conflicted she only wants one night with jonah and to hate what he does with her so she can write her article but him opening up to her has her feeling emotions towards him that she doesn't want she takes in his apartment and enters the first door which is a master bedroom with very little personality and she finds a suspension bar hanging casually over the bed she starts internally freaking out, but decides to just go headfirst into this whole thing, so she starts stripping when Jonah enters. Caroline tells him she wants to use the bar, but he says going from a feather to suspension bar is not the progression that they will take. He lifts her up and carries her to his bedroom where he wants her. They start making out, and then he surprises her by smacking her ass with a paddle, and she is surprised that it feels good and wants more. So we enter our first sex scene here, which includes dirty talk, light flogging, and Caroline being blindfolded. Throughout this scene, Jonah asks if Caroline got herself off after he uh, left her in her office, and she tells him yes, and that she pictured him going down on her. They finally have sex, and Jonah is claiming her in his mind, as Caroline is clearly enjoying what is going on in this situation. And is calling him master, like he asked. As soon as they are done, Caroline shuts down. She gets dressed and tells Jonah this was a one-time thing, and she 
can't be associated with his lifestyle for professional and personal reasons. If we had to take a drink every time one night was brought up, we'd be trashed. Oh, we wouldn't be able to read this plot. <laughs> oh, God. So Jonah tries to fight her on this, but she holds her ground. He walks her out, and they each watch each other as Caroline's driver drives. So she's kind of looking back, and he's watching the taxi. Kind of like this unfinished, it was a great high, and then just came crashing down instantly. Another drinking game, take a drink every time that scenario happens. Oh my god. So Caroline has posted the article and it is now live. So after leaving Jonah, she wrote the piece in which she did not go into any personal opinions um, or thoughts, but kind of bash serve slash Jonah. Because it was just kind of emotionless. And it probably didn't paint serve in the best light in general. Came across as very cold. Yes. Exactly. Just like a cold pee. Jonah had sent Caroline a jar of suckers that sat on her desk. They're the same type of suckers that she had with her cocktail that first night. She finally opened the package and found a note that she couldn't not read from Jonah, saying that their night was incomplete, that he hated not being able to give her aftercare, and to please let them meet up one more time. So Caroline decides to call Jonah, and he tells her that she will see him because he is her master and he made a demand in which she kind of just instantly agrees to and meets him 15 minutes later. So very dominant. Like yes. Jonah being like, you will come because ABC. Like, get your ass here. I told you to. You listen to me. Bring it. <laughs> okay, Zaddy. Okay. So Jonah's on his way to meet Caroline and has decided this meeting will be strictly about her. She sees him in a limo and enters the car. Jonah wants to take care of her. So he has her sit in on his lap before he makes her get on her hands and knees, pulls up her skirt so that he can see the markings from the night before. He rubs lotion on to soothe the ache, and he can't help it when Caroline begs for him to go down on her. So he does, and she comes. She tries to reciprocate, but Jonah tells her no. Caroline is visibly hurt by this rejection, but he is hoping to play the long game. They pull up to serve where he tells the driver to take Caroline back to where they picked her up as he exits. Before he closes the door, he tells Caroline that he will be waiting for her to come to him and that she has displeased her master. And then he walks away. Mm. Then we get a little bit of a time jump. Oliver and their father's house. On the car ride over, Oliver is talking to her about the, of her article. about Because even though the piece was kind of cold, it got a lot of engagement. Kind of blown up. Yeah. Kind of blown up. Yeah. And it has brought interest to serve, even with Caroline's kind of less than stellar thoughts and opinions Article, on it. right. And Oliver thinks that with the notoriety and, like, kind of the uh, viralness of this article, new direction for the magazine has merit. Oliver then asks Caroline to keep an open mind for the vote. Like, hey, see, this kind of could work, so don't shut me out. Not yet. Don't shut me out yet. At their family, her father pulls Caroline aside for a private meeting and informs her that he's hiring at the meeting prior to the vote and giving control of the magazine to her. Only her. Over her older male brother. Firstborn. Who probably should get it based on history, history tradition. tradition, whatever you want to say. But no. I mean, I like this direction. Yeah. I think the dad's kind of shady. 
Oh yeah. With this, like Oliver's literally out in the in the kitchen putting like the bagels together as his sister and dad are pretty much And Oliver knows that like his dad's probably talking about the business and stuff and getting cut out from this conversation that he should be involved in. Yeah, I, I, I like that Caroline because she probably does deserve it more so over Oliver, probably based on just like merit and stuff. Yeah. Maturity being more responsible, her ideas kind of more align with like her father's vision for right. this magazine. I just think it's shitty that their dad kind of went this way to handle it. Yeah. And Caroline's taken aback by that too because she is also like this. Right. Right. Because she's pretty surprised mm-hmm. by this conversation. She did not expect this. Then we cut to Miss Eliza, up drunk and wanting to go up to the play area. Jonah has security stop her, and he calls the situation, and then he takes Eliza to his residence at the club. Caroline shows up to her, is now passed out on his couch, so she takes this opportunity to talk to Jonah about the serve article. To Caroline, sucking his dick, in the- and as Jonah is about to return the favor to Caroline, Eliza wakes up, and the two women leave. Talk about the ultimate cock block situation. Like, that timing sucks. For Jonah. I mean, for Caroline, Caroline too. she kind of. I mean, Jonah got his. Oh, right. Jonah got his. Caroline was the one left way in there. Yeah. But wasn't Caroline, didn't that kind of, like, jerk Caroline out of her haze again? It did. Because she kind of, like, how I picture it is that she's just, like, very, very attracted to Jonah and, like, does like him. So she, like, is instantly kind of, like, her... The lust takes over and she's just living in the moment and then something has to kind of snap her out and bring yeah. her back to the kind of like reality. And then she's like, oh, my God, get away from me. What yeah. are we doing? And then like, fight or flight and she chooses to flee every right. time. Three days later, Jonah is in another bar obsessing over Caroline. He winds up spotting her red and green. Rage and jealousy. Caroline, who is there having a crisp for the Kimball Ponzi, Jonah heading her way. So she excuses herself to cut him off and they make their way to a rooftop patio. That was really funny. She's like, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a disaster. And I liked this because I think it kind of takes place in both perspectives. So I think Jonah's is first when he first sees them as like he's kind of making that move to go to the table. So you get and then it switches over. So I like how you get like his kind of like that internal rage and jealousy. And then it switches over to Caroline when she sees him and like meets with him because like she can obviously tell, oh, my God, this is going to be a disastrous situation if I do not. And cut he's this reading off. too much into what's actually happening. Right. Because like from an outside perspective, this meeting probably does look like a date where yes. for Caroline, it's like she's just meeting up with her source. Yeah. And I do. I have to like I, I like that Tessa did it that way in this specific scene because I think that you I like getting both sides in this like heated kind of misunderstood moment but it's about to get cleared up because when they go to the rooftop they have a confrontation about Caroline being out with another man which leads to them having sex on the patio fun (laughs) afterwards Jonah asks Caroline to ditch her date and give him an hour of her she agrees and they go to a jazz club where they have a heart-to-heart about Caroline taking over Preston's, her relationship with her brother, the upcoming Kimball article, Jonah and his daughter, and the serve article. Afterwards, Caroline leaves, and this time, she doesn't look back. Sometime later, can Eliza meet up at Bryant Park, 
where Caroline is distant, distracted, and has lost weight. Clearly is just not doing well. Eliza as a con- asks about it and if it has to do with Jonah. Just then, Caroline's Jonah, letting her know that Gabby's mother agreed to the meeting and asks, and if she does, he's willing to let her. And Caroline agrees. At the meeting, when Caroline shows up, it kills Jonah to see how fragile she's looking. But she crushes the meeting with Renee and completely backs Jonah, his character, and how he should have the chance to be a father to Gabby. Yeah, she kills that meeting with Renee and, like, the lawyer or whoever mm-hmm. else is there, like. Yeah, Renee's attorney and Jonah's attorney. Yeah, like, Caroline gets the win for Jonah yeah. with that interview. Like, she slayed it. And then it's time for Jonah to slay this because I'm crashed by Gabby, the daughter. And Jonah gets to meet her for the first. And he nails this first interaction. And that was really cute to see. Yeah. Renee winds up agreeing to Jonah getting some custody and being able to be a part of Gabby's life. After the successful conclusion, Jonah escorts Caroline as he's very worried about her and he preps for their final goodbye. They wind up making amends with each other and exhausted and Caroline ask Jonah to stay until she falls asleep. As they are in her bed, still talking and cuddling, Caroline asks for farewell sex. Reluctantly, Jonah agrees to give that to her. It seems like Caroline is about to admit feelings for Jonah as they're starting to progress to being a little more in. She falls asleep. So they did have sex in the... They were about to, like they were working up to it. Okay. And then she just passes out. Okay, okay. As Jonah is taking in all the details of Caroline's life, he finally gets that he doesn't belong with and that he didn't listen when she warned him initially. He gives her a forehead kiss and tells her goodbye. Wakes up, she realizes she finally pushed Jonah away for good. But now she's ready to accept what an amazing man he is and that she wants to be with him. Uh, it's like the cliche romance where it's like, now he's gone, it's, you want him. it's too late. Like, you literally last night, how hard? Like, you fell asleep, bitch. Yep. You, I would not be able to fall asleep if that was on my conscience. Like, how do you just slip into, like... Well, she, she's she been losing sleep during the days, like, she was apart from him. So it just finally... I don't know. I just, I hate that romance <laughs> cliche where it's just like, guy. It is very You're frustrating. You're so close. So now it's time for kids and not words. Step one is to submit the Joseph Kimball Ponzi scheme article to the New York Times, not Preston's. Cut to his father announces his retirement as the new leader and then hands the meeting over to her. Caroline, the court and vote of Oliver's idea, him as equal leader with her. She winds up standing up to their father, defends her brother, gives everybody a heads up. There's some upcoming press about her. Their dad winds up apologizing and gives him pride to both of his children. Cut to Jonah, who has finally set up Gabby's room for her upcoming arrival, and it's a princess theme. He hasn't been able to get Caroline off his wondering if she would like this home that he's created outside of Sir. Jonah takes the subway on his way to see spots Preston's revamped magazine. He picks up a copy and goes to the cover article about the merger and spotlighting the new heads of the magazine, Oliver and Caroline. In the article, he finds that Caroline has published a message to him stating that she is in love with him, missing and needing him. Caroline approaches Serve and is being hounded by press due to her times and her Preston's announcement. But she is a woman on a mission to get her man. Caroline heads to the bar to wait for Jonah and orders the signature red martini. This time, it isn't served with the lollipop. After some time passes and Caroline starts to think Jonah doesn't want her 
She grabs her coat to leave and is stopped by a frantic Jonah. He asks her where the hell she's been. And she's like, I've been here waiting for you. Where have you been? And he tells her how he's been running around this looking for her. He went to her apartment, her office, their steakhouse, their jazz club, trying to find her. And he realized everywhere in the city reminds him of her. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> it was. They finally get their feelings out to each other in person, embrace, and Caroline asks Jonah to take her upstairs. They reach his serve lodgings, and Caroline wants to be taken in the BDSM room. We get a kinkier sex scene filled with writing crops and restraint. Cut to the epilogue where Caroline is basically living with Jonah in his Brooklyn home. They've been having lots of kinky sex, and he did build Gabby a park and had to redo her princess room into a dragon-themed room as because with Gabby, expect the unexpected. But also, he built his daughter a park. Yep, because Gabby <laughs> asked, is there a park nearby? And he's like, if not, I'm going to build you one. That and he is does. insane. That is crazy. Good for Jonah, though. Right? Do what you got to do. <laughs> Jonah and Caroline's relationship is going well. Her brother found the humor in their pairing while her dad was a little more concerned, but is coming around to it. The couple are prepping for Gabby's first overnight visit, and when Gabby shows up to the house, they take her to her park. The end. Yay! And that was Owned by Fate by Tessa Bailey. Book one of the Serve series. So now that we got the plot out of the way, let's talk about the sex. Let's talk about smut. Baby, let's talk about <laughs> you. these people. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Jonah and Caroline. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't flow very no, well. Ashton, kick us off with your favorite tension and sex scenes from the first half of the book. All right. So my favorite tension scene from the first half is when Jonah shows up to Caroline's office after she fled the one night that they were going to have sex, but then they didn't because mm -hmm. she got freaked out by the moaning and the paddling and the craziness that is in all the kinks, all the serve, things. yeah, all the things, all the sounds. And when he shows up to that meeting with Asher and Oliver and her dad, mm -hmm. so in this scene, I really enjoyed the nice hot bants between mainly Jonah. It's mainly Jonah being like a filthy talker and Caroline just being like, "Yes, please." <laughs> More. More, like, giving into I it. I like this. But there's a lot of good hot, like, heavy tension, good bants in this scene. And I, I really enjoyed how Jonah leaves her with the demand to touch herself to the thought of her going down on him. And then how he just kind of, like, leaves her in this, like, fluster. Because he mm -hmm. was also kind of touching her during the scene. Yeah. Getting her worked up. She starts begging. And he's like, no, I'm going to let you hold on to this for a little bit. Gotta leave her wanting more. Exactly. And I don't know. I just thought that that scene was like, it was, it was nice. Like, it was hot. It and was, I, it I was appreciated good. it. It was definitely a good one. And my favorite sex scene. So there's only one sex scene in the first half of the book. So it has to be my favorite. But it is a good one. It's the first time that they have sex where Jonah takes Caroline to his bedroom. They're kissing heavily. Jonah then takes out a, like, leather paddle. During this, he's constantly checking in with Caroline and making sure that she remembers her safe word and is kind of like, at any time, say dumpling, it will end. 
And then he proceeds to blindfold her. I'm so here for a good blindfold. Yes. So like, yeah, why not? Jonah then starts to paddle Caroline, and she's actually very surprised by how much that she is actually enjoying this experience, probably because she thought that she would hate it and was hoping she would hate it, but she doesn't. She was hoping she would hate it every single time until she was like, oh, fuck, I love him. Right. So he also reminds Caroline to call him master, and she obliges. It's funny because, like, throughout the whole book, that's, like, one thing that she just cannot – she always says Jonah first, and then he always, like, spanks her or, like, reprimands her and is like, what was that? And she's always like, master. So, like, that type of thing is happening in this scene. Jonah starts to finger her, and they are talking about her office and how he left her. And so she ends up telling Jonah that she touched herself to the thought of him going down on her. But she did, in fact, follow the orders. Yep. Jonah then puts a condom on and bends Caroline over the bed and enters her from behind as she is still blindfolded. He realizes that Caroline enjoys this and she admits it to him mid-stroke. They both come and then obviously immediately after Caroline shuts down. Unfortunately, that's like shitty how the scene ends with her kind of fleeing because she's panicked. Mm -hmm. But like the actual smutty in itself, that scene, quite good. Quite good. I was here for it. I really enjoyed it. What about yours? What are your favorite tension slash smutty scene in the second part of the book? So favorite tension scene is Jonah's kitchen the night Caroline picks up Eliza. So we're in Jonah's kitchen making a cup of coffee, talking about the article and how Caroline felt wrong writing it and almost didn't publish it. Jonah's hand grazes her thigh and he finds that she's wearing her garter under her leggings. Then he palms his erection in his pants and he tells Caroline her punishment has been won on him too. And she asks him what he wants her to do about it. And he tells her he wants to train her mouth to only give him pleasure. She winds up sassing him back that maybe she already knows how. And he tells her, don't speak to me like that unless you plan to follow through. And by follow through... I mean, you do not stop until I've gotten my fill of your mouth. Very Jonah thing to say. (laughs) Example of his dirty talking. And just the chef's kiss that it is. Caroline then gets on her knees and starts to deep throat Jonah. He grips her hair and starts to fuck her mouth. When he tells her that he's almost there, she starts massaging his balls. And then Jonah comes in her mouth. Jonah wants to reward her for a job well done with tonguing her pussy until she cries. Then Eliza wakes up and ruins the whole fucking moment. Can you now see why this cock block killed me? Because I'm like, come on, this is going to be a good scene. And yeah. then Eliza, her drunk ass, has to wake up. Oh, hello? Hello? Where am I? Why do I hear moaning and panting? <laughs> good job, Eliza. I mean, kind of can't blame her. She was very drunk, but also rude. And my favorite full-on sex scene for the second half is the rooftop of the restaurant. That was a good one. Caroline and Jonah are arguing about her meeting slash date with Chris, source. And Jonah takes her hands above her head and pins them on the wall while he trails his fingers down her neck, between her breasts, and further down until he cups her pussy with ownership. He demands to know who the other man is. And while kissing Jonah, Caroline tells him 
that he is her source. Jonah must believe her because then he finally kisses her back very aggressively and passionately. He then tells her that he is going to fuck her against the wall and he can take her anywhere he likes. Jonah relentlessly starts pounding into Caroline, every thrust sending her further up the wall. All the while, they're still talking to each other with this mixture of like sexy, dirty talk and kind of like, who do you belong to? to? Who is your daddy? (laughs) Who is your master? (laughs) Jonah then drops her legs to the ground, pulls out and spins her around so she's facing the wall and starts spanking her butt and like rubbing the sting in and then spanking her again and tells her how he wanted to bend her over the table and spank her right in front of her date. Then he enters her from behind and biting her shoulder, and then Jonah starts to rub her clit while fucking her from behind up against the wall until they both finish. Yeah, that was a good good one. Not even just the actual, like, smut of the scene, but, like, the buildup. Because when Jonah sees Caroline with this man, he sees red. Like, literally red and green, how you described it in the plot breakdown. Like, this man, like, he has no control over his limbs moving. And, like, she can tell. So, like, she kind of cuts him off before yep. he can make a scene. And he's, like, up and stairs like, now. Like, and she's, like, yes, master. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, like, just, like, that buildup of the tension also was just, like, a little toxic. Oh, very toxic. But, like, not mad about it in a romance book. No. And then also the whole getting in, pu- in a public restaurant. Like, okay. Where do I sign the dotted line? <laughs> You got to find Jonah, <laughs> right? Okay, so those were some of our favorite tension slash smutty scenes. We obviously didn't give all of it away. Plenty more in there mm-hmm. if you have not read this book. But Alex, should we move on to our loves and hates of Owned by Fate? Yes. All right. So one thing that I do love that we did not mention in the plot breakdown, but Caroline associates people she meets with famous people based on their looks. Which I really like for just, like, a visual. Like, Eliza is, like, a blonde Alexis Bledel. Mm-hmm. And then her brother is, like, a Chris Pine. And then look-alike. Jonah was a young Marlon Brando. Yeah. I really liked that. Like, I thought that that was a cool kind of... Way to give character descriptions yeah. without having to, like, go into the... They have this color hair, this color eyes, this, that, and the third. It's like, oh, I can look at Chris Pine... And okay. kind of get an idea of what Oliver is probably depicted as. Yeah. Yeah. And I, re- I loved that. I thought it was really cool. Something with Caroline I loved. I loved her being a successful financial journalist and her father wanting to be to her over her brother. It was kind of a nice change of pace to like the woman being the one who's kind of getting rewarded for yeah. her hard work and dedication and And, like, celebrating the fact that she is very successful in her own right. Something that we've both talked about, because this is very different for Tessa Bailey, like, writing style. She does more, like, contemporary. Rom-com. Rom-com-y types of books. And I really liked her writing in this. I thought she did a really good job because it's very different from other things that we've read from her. Mm -hmm. And I thought she did a really good job with a book that's a little bit more forward. Yes. In the smut in the writing and a little bit like darker than her rom com books. Like, you know, a BDSM club. Uh, definitely a lot darker than, you know, the It Happened One Summer, Hook, Line, Sinker, even like the Fixer Up series that I've read. Yeah. 
But I can appreciate an author who can kind of switch gears. Yeah. And do something that's a little bit different. It was really cool to see, especially since she pairs with Katie Robert a lot in this series. There are two other authors in it. This series is mostly dominated by Tessa and Katie. Katie writes some smut. Mm -hmm. But I felt like Tessa kind of held her own. Yeah. Something I loved, like I, with the BDSM side of things, especially in a dom-sub relationship, usually you have some sort of marker or like collar of being owned by someone. And I liked how Jonah's collar for Caroline was the garter. Yeah, me too. Because it's something that keeps it keeps popping up that he mm-hmm. notices that she is constantly wearing it, especially when they're off. Yeah. Like every single time, like they're never on until the very end of the book. But so she like, like never takes the garter off. Yeah, and he can always see it through her clothes or obviously when he gets her naked, he can see it. But like I loved that too. I thought that was really cute. Especially because like Caroline doesn't seem to be the type of girl who would want a physical collar around right. her neck. Well, because a collar is definitely a lot harder to hide. A garter is going to be something that is a little bit more sneaky. Mm-hmm. Not as like in your face. But like it still holds a lot of weight for Jonah. Yes. Which is important. So I kind of have like a love slash a hate. So I, I thought that the pacing of like the story and the plot was really good. I, I liked the pace in which the plot kind of entangled. Mm-hmm. But I thought as far as the love story actually goes, it was kind of fast, even though it took the whole book for them to get there. This is a kind of a more novella length. It's not it's less than 200 pages, I think. And so obviously with a shorter book, things are going to move at a faster pace. I just really can't get over like a really, really fast moving love story in a more realistic book. I thought that the plot moved because there were time jumps. We constantly were getting time jumps. But I guess I just kind of couldn't really get on board with like the love element, especially because Caroline was so against it for so long. And then all of a sudden she's declaring her love on the front of a news or magazine. Even though I will say. I did enjoy the grand gesture. I loved the grand gesture. I thought that that was a great way for Tessa to kind of have Caroline win him back. Like, I yeah. thought that that, I, that because her words really pushed him away. So her actions needed to win. Right. So. And I thought that was really, really good. So, like, I liked that, but it's just, it was very fast. It was. It was a little too fast for as big of a gesture that was made in public. Yeah. Kind of piggyback off of your love hate thing. I wanted more with the Kimball article plot. Like, what happened with Chris, the source, after he got ditched? Could we have gotten a write-up of what the article would have said as, like, a bonus content thing at the end of the book or something? It just, like, that was a really good plot piece that, I don't know, just didn't get a whole lot more with. No, I feel that. Um, My last love that I have is I enjoyed the good setup for Oliver and Eliza, which are the main characters in book two. I got enough from them that... I think that I'd, I'd like their story and I like them as characters. So I thought that Tessa did a good job with kind of setting, setting them up, up yeah. for their own book. And they are book two. My last love is um, two things with Jonah. I loved how he looked out for Eliza when she was drunk and alone. And then I also liked, I really loved his reaction to when he found out he had this secret daughter. Right, because he instantly started paying child support. 
He instantly tried to get visitation and some type of custody and like trying to clean up his act, you know, with the BDSM community or whatever. But yeah, a lot of men I don't think would react that way. Yeah, like these like big things, he proved that he is a good man. And I think that that does stem from something that we kind of overlooked is that his parents weren't around and they kind of pushed him onto his uncle Mm -hmm. when he was a kid. So like knowing that he has a kid in the world who hadn't had a dad, like it hits a Very lot. close to home for Right, him. and he's kind of like, that's not the type of parent that I'm going to be or a person I'm going to be. But like his, yeah, his interactions with Gabby, I really appreciate. Yeah, and just showed he, he has good character and a good moral compass. And it's like, Caroline, date this man. Yeah, right. So moving on to our hates. One thing that I did kind of hate for this being kind of broadcast as a BDSM book there's very little actual BDSM and I mean you have to think about Caroline who is somebody this main character coming into this community having nothing to do with it knows nothing wants nothing to do with it yeah you're not gonna go zero to a hundred but I kind of was a little let down being like I really thought that this was going to be more than it is and I think that as the series continues as you said you've continue to read I haven't yet it does pick up because yeah. the character dynamics change mm-hmm. it just kind of threw me off it just that's it like I'm fine with it it just I wasn't expecting it it's a good setup and intro to the club especially starting with the owner of the club and then as the series progresses we get more stories from different members right. of serve but I do agree we there was not enough time in the walls observe for this book yeah um something i hated uh with the bdsm part uh just a personal preference thing i hate the honorific of master don't like it <laughs> i know when i said it in the plot breakdown you're you're like and i didn't want to give that like hate that. away super super quickly <laughs> but i fucking hated that so much yeah i think there there are better words master would definitely be on like the low end of things that i would want to call my dom it wouldn't happen right like no that's i'm lot. fine with sir sir's fine master i hate that's just like it's a very strong word it is used a, a lot. lot in this book so unfortunately another one of my hates is that i was not a huge fan of caroline as a character i kind of was over her holdups throughout the book I kind of, when it came to Jonah and her holdups, I kind of lost, she lost my sympathy or my empathy. I'm like, so what? He's a club owner and he's a millionaire. He's successful. Like, he's good looking. It's like you're hanging hanging up on how he gets his success. When everything else is showing you he is a good person. Yeah. And I just like, and especially with this book being a dual POV where we are getting Jonah's side. And, like, you can see that he's actually, like, a really good male lead character mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I just couldn't. It's like, drop your pretentiousness about the whole sex thing. And like, especially because clearly you're enjoying it. Right. And then, like, her holdups on being a hypocrite. I'm like, well, then stop being a fucking hypocrite and date the guy that you like. Yeah, you're allowed to change your mind and change I your know. opinion. You're allowed to grow and have different opinions once you're actually exposed to something. Yeah, it's like you knew nothing about this BDSM king thing. You learned about it. You realize it's not that bad. You're, you're allowed to change your mind. Right. So, like, I just, I didn't like her. And I think that that's kind of what ruined this just book for me in general is that I just didn't like Caroline. 
when it came to like the relationship. I like that she was a strong woman and that she was successful and she was smart and she was savvy. That I I like. But no, when it comes to Jonah, I was just like, girl, take a seat. I'll step in. Yeah. Tag me in. (laughs) Please. I would love to tap in with that one. Thank y'all. Something I kind of not really hated, but like kind of wish we got more of or was a little different. Um, I wish we had more girl chats with Caroline and Eliza because it's set up that their best friends have been friends since college. And then they were keeping this huge secret from each other that I don't think they really would being as close as they are. Because like Eliza is pining over this like British guy who's a member at the club. And obviously Caroline's pining after Jonah, even though she's like struggling with the fact that she is pining after him. But it's like that's something you would talk to your best friend about. And they both are very like, I'm not going to say anything. But it kind of seems like in the past they have talked about everything. everything. So it's like, why is this one thing? Yeah, because when Caroline shows up to Jonas to like pick up the drunk Elijah, she's like, why wouldn't she tell me? We tell each other everything. And it's like, well, bitch, you ain't telling her shit about Jonah. Exactly. And so my last hate is that I hated how one-sided Jonah and Caroline were throughout. Like, so for instance... Jonah was like gung-ho off the bat. Like he was very much like focused on her and being like, I want her. Mm-hmm. Like she holds my attention. She's smart. She's beautiful. Like I'm z- I'm zeroed in. And then like Caroline, yes, she's very attracted to him. Her feelings do grow. She's constantly fighting herself. So she's making herself her own worst enemy yeah but she's letting herself win in those arguments instead of giving in and i just like i hate that like ultimatum where jonah's like if you do this for me i'll let you go and then she's kind of like okay and then later that night it's like that was the prime time you had ample opportunity to be like i don't want that ultimatum Mm -hmm. like i do care about you and i do want to be with you but then she falls asleep like bitch what like what And I just, like, I kind of feel bad for Jonah because I feel like Caroline just kind of shit on him a lot. She did. And he did not shit on her at all. Which is why she had to do the grand gesture. Right. Which makes up for it to an extent. But, like, while reading it, it's just kind of hard. Yeah, because I'm like, you're saying that you're attracted to him and all you can think about is him. And, like, all you want to do is see him. And then you're treating him like such crap. But then, yeah. And then you see him and then you're running away. I just, I didn't like it. I don't know. All right, it's time to move on. One of our favorite segments, which is our casting call. Yes, let's cast these characters. Yeah, so we're doing four today. We're doing Caroline, obviously, Jonah, obviously, and then Oliver and Eliza. So bestie and brother. Yep. All right, so my Caroline, I have chosen Amanda Seyfried. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. Especially because, like, she has nice, big, luscious lips, and, like, that was something that Jonah was, like, always obsessive about. I like that casting. That's a good one. I went for Caroline with Elizabeth Olsen. Also a wonderful choice. I honestly think you can cast Elizabeth Olsen as anything. She's she fantastic. Would be fantastic. I chose her mainly because of, like, her coloring. She has, like, the green eyes and, like, the kind of caramely hair. Mm-hmm. is like what Caroline is kind of depicted. Um, also a baddie, but doesn't necessarily look like a baddie. Like she's kind of innocent looking. Not so sophisticated. Yeah, sophisticated. But I think 
Amanda Seyfried has that same aesthetic. Aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So I think that I like both of them. And then for my leading man, Jonah, I've cast Dave Franco. Ooh, Dave Franco. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm trying to picture him dirty talking like <laughs> I want to Jonah. I want to see him dirty talking. Like that's what I was thinking about. Like, oh, okay. I do because like a he Dave has Franco. those like stern facial expressions where I feel like can give the intensity in his face. So I want him to kind of step up the acting chops and kind of deliver that. I like that. I like that a lot. I had a repeat actor. He's one of my favorite. Honestly, I would cast him as the lead in any romance novel or any romance book or any romance movie or any romance TV show. (laughs) Anything. Okay, people? And yes, I'm double dipping. But I went Alexander Skarsgård. I mean... I mean, you can't go wrong with him. And, like, think of him in True Blood, like, Eric Northman. He has that, like, dirty talk. Like, oh, yeah. Down. He can definitely do that. Plus, he's just very aesthetically pleasing to look at. He is. <laughs> now, does he give off Marlon Brando vibes? No, I think Dave Franco does a little bit better with that. But I'm still not mad at your choice. No. <laughs> Plus, think about Alex Skarsgård and Elizabeth Olsen. On a screen together? I mean, oh my God. Ah, yes. It would be insane. Yes. <laughs> okay, moving on from my obsession. <laughs> Oliver, who did you have as the baby or the older brother? Cam Gingadent from Burlesque. And he was also in um, yes, Twilight. Twilight. Oh, he's fine. Okay. I'm not mad at that cat. Because I actually, like you win this one because I went super... <laughs> basic and went with Chris Pine who was the <laughs> actor so in the book that Caroline says looks like her brother and I was just like fuck it Chris Pine's hot why not it's fine I'm gonna throw him in <laughs> so I went Chris Pine I took the easy way out for that one but you know you're accurate with your casting though especially with the book description right and honestly Chris Pine and Elizabeth Olsen, they could be siblings. Like, they... Yeah, and I, I feel like I kind of feel that same way with Cam and um, Amanda. Yeah, I feel like they went could... more blonde, and I went more dark, like, brown hair. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, our last casting, which is Eliza. Who did you, who did you cast? Dakota Fanning. Very nice. Okay, I like that. Because she has a very similar face shape to Alexis Bledel, and in the book... It was the descriptor for Eliza was a blonde Alexis, Alexis Bledel. And I just can't picture Alexis Bledel blonde. No, me neither. But Dakota Fanning is blonde. And, and they have a similar, a similar face shape. So I went with Candace King, who is Caroline in The Vampire Diaries. It's probably what she's best known for. And I kind of was the same thing because I was like, okay, Alexis Bledel, I'm not going to cast because she's not blonde. And I was like, can she pull the blonde thing off? I'm not sure. I actually want to find someone who is blonde. And I feel like Candace King, kind of similar to Dakota Fanning, has the same type of aesthetic or, like, air to them. Yeah. Like, the face shape. They're both, like, very petite mm-hmm. and, like, ballerina looking. So. And also kind of bunny looking as well in the facial, like, features. I don't know. Yeah. No. So I like both of those castings. Me too. And I also think both of ours look good with the male counterpart. Counter- yeah, counterparts I do too. for the book two. Oh, yeah, because 
Candace King and Chris Pine, they make a pretty good couple. Dakota and Cam. Yeah. Sweet. Well, those are our casting calls. Make sure you head over to our Instagram emotions and potions pod to kind of see some visual representations of who we're thinking about when we're casting these characters. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like all that stuff when you're there. All the good things. Well, now that you got our cast, time to give this a soundtrack. All right. So for my overall theme song, I chose Let's Fall in Love for the Night by Phineas. Good choice. I mean, I don't even think that really needs any explanation since it's all like one more, one more. Mm -hmm. Like, ah. And my overall song choice is Come and Get It by Selena Gomez. When you're ready, come and get it. When you're ready, come and get it. Na, 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 na. Yep, that's a good one. So my next song category is Jonah's theme song towards Caroline. And I chose Please Don't Go by Mike Pope because he really don't want her to go. He's begging. Well, I gave Jonah a theme song. Not to Caroline, just in general. In general, his theme song. All on My Mind by Anderson East. So my Jonah's sexy time song for Caroline is Workin' Me by Quavo. It's just a, she workin' me, hey. And it's also like a song that I could picture in the club oh, yeah. being played. Mm-hmm. So it's like a sexy time song, but also like a club song. I picked a song for just like the sexual chemistry and sexy time between our two leads. Best on Earth, Russ featuring Bia. Yes. Yeah, that song is so low-key dirty. Oh, yeah. And but totally works for this. But like a banger too. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. No, that's fantastic. My next category is Caroline's Love Song Towards Jonah, which is Lust to Love by Ren for Short. And it's just about how that lust transforms into, into love. love. I mean, solid pick. So my next category is the obsessive thoughts. Kind of like when Jonah's being obsessive about her and Caroline's being obsessive about him. The song Replay by Zendaya. I could see that. Put you on replay everywhere I go. Yeah. And like literally they all they think about is each other. Yeah. So it's like constantly replaying in their mind. Mm -hmm. My last category is Caroline's sexy song towards Jonah, which is F You In My Head by Cloudy G. And it's just like a sexy song about like fantasies of like getting it on. And I think that a lot of this book is Caroline thinking about having sex with Jonah. And Jonah thinking about having sex with Caroline. Yes, it's very mutual. (laughs) So my next one is the song for the deal when they, like, they make the deal with each other. And that's Your Guilty Pleasure by Henry Versus. And then my final one is Caroline's Grand Gesture theme song and kind of the aftermath. And that's Strut by Emmeline. That's a good one too. I liked your categories. I kind of, I'm not going to lie. We had some I similar just, categories too. We did. But I kind of half-assed this one a little bit, as you could tell. I literally only had three categories. It was just split <laughs> into Jonah and Caroline. You, you know what I mean? You did pick some really good songs mm. on the playlist because our playlist is more than just these. Oh, yeah. It's 70-plus like, uh, songs. It's on Spotify, Emotions and Potions Pod, along with all of our other playlists from every other episode we've done. Yep. All right, Alex. Moving on to one of our last things of the episode it's our ratings our ratings and our letter yes so that's spice how many tamales did you give it i gave it three and a half okay i gave it three i gave it a three out of five 
I think the last sex scene might push it. I could see getting that 3.5 mark. But for me, we finally get the suspension bar. Like, use. I know. So, you know, it's like, all right, toys got brought out. So you're going to get the 0.5. I could, I could, I I can. But it wasn't enough to make it a four or above. No. So what about your overall? What did you give this overall? I pulled a U. Oh. <laughs> with the um points. Hey, hey. Did you give it like a 7.4 or something like that? No, I gave it a 6.75. 6.75. Okay. Because this lays the foundation for more books. And I have read three more after this one. And just kind of comparing it as a whole and even as a standalone it's like it, it did lack some stuff really hated the honorific that was used yeah and i am not far from you on my rating i gave it a 7 i still think it was a passing book like it's yeah. it's it was really well it's, written it's good and it was a good change of pace from a lot of other tessa bailey books i've read because i've read a lot of her books right yeah and i thought that it had good elements it Mm -hmm. just i think caroline like the character when it came to jonah just really ruined it for leading into our letter i'm going with a hate letter for this episode i don't know if you could tell (laughs) if i (laughs) hinted at that at all i think you hinted across the way (laughs) i have no idea where you're where you're leaning so for this book on its own hate soft hate um the series so far as a whole is getting more of a love This is a very short book. I listened to it. I listened to it at work and was done with it by the end of the day. So, like, I'm not mad at the time spent consuming the story. No, and see, and that's another thing where I I have not, like you, I haven't continued to read the rest of the series. But I for sure want to read Oliver's and Eliza's. And I think that I would give that a love letter. Just because I feel like I would like their characters just a little bit more. And it would make it easier to get invested in the book. And I think it also helps because they already have history with each other. So it doesn't feel as – Yeah. It doesn't feel as insta-lovey as this one does because there is that past past connection. connection. That's true too. But there you have it, folks. Owned by Fate by Tessa Bailey. Receives, unfortunately, a soft hate from both Alex and I. Nothing towards Tessa. No, it's still a good book. Still a good book. I would still recommend it. It's a very short read. So yeah. if you like something that you can kind of and get in and out. And it sets up the series well. If you love Dirty Talk and a, like, alpha male, and this is a book for you. And if you want a good, soft introduction into more of a BDSM world, I, this is a good place to start with that. I agree. But there you have it, folks. Another episode of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter. To Owned by Fate by Tessa Bailey with your co-hosts Ashton and Alex. This has been another episode with us. Go like, subscribe. If that's follow. an option, follow, comment, review. share. Give us all the loves for all the love romance books we talk about. And please let us know for season two what you want to hear. If you have a certain book in mind that you want us to read and review, slide into those DMs on Instagram and we might just grant your wish. So until next time, bye. bye.